Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we are going to be talking about what it means to be single in the church today and why that's just a little bit off tilt from where it should be or a lot of it probably a lot of it probably a lot of it probably a lot of it yeah so we're gonna get to all that and a whole bunch of other stuff mixed in there um but first we're gonna have a quick word from our sponsors all right and we are back so randy what are we talking about yeah i you know every week we kind of think about what should we talk about and I was thinking, hey, there is something that Zach can speak to with absolute and complete authority for another month. Ah, that's where I was getting to go. I was going to say, I got 30 days, maybe. It's more than 30 days. Well, by the time they hear this, it's probably 30 days. Yeah, something like that. When will this come out? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't feel like math right now. I'm sorry. I know you love that sort of thing, the math <laughs> stuff, but not me. But the topic is uh, singleness in the church. Yeah. Are you for it or are you against it? <laughs> well, um, that's a stupid question, uh, first of all, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's what we're really getting to today. It doesn't matter. And that's absolutely what we're getting at. But more importantly, uh, at this moment in time, I'm very for it because I am kind you of it technically. Saying, okay, yeah, but no, let's. You are, you are, you are. Well, kind of. Let's yeah. break this down. Like culturally, we do this thing that makes absolutely no, like, absolutely no sense. There's no like engaged option anywhere you go. Like it's you're single. That's true. That's true. You're but if single? I say I'm single, do you think my fiance is going to approve of that? <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? No. But like technically, legally, on my tax forms, I'm single at the right, moment. You know what right, I mean? Right. And that's weird. At a moment in time, all of a sudden you're married. But yeah, there's like no easing into it. It's one or the other. Right. Which, I mean, I guess they've done for kind of ever, right? Because, I mean, okay, this one's kind of weird to me. Because who is it that goes into the tent and then they're married? Is it Seth? Oh, no, that is Isaac. It's Isaac? Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac and yeah. Rebecca go into the tent, and when they come out, they're married. They're married. Yeah. Right. Now, right. I, I assume some things went on in that tent, just saying. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> but they go in, they come out, they're married. Um, Mary and Joseph didn't do that, and that's always no. been interesting to no. me. Like there, was like a, there was like a formal tradition that had been generated at that point in time, right. and they honored it. Right. Yeah. Well, the whole construct of marriage seems to be a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. So in the very Old Testament, uh, early on, it looked one way. By the time you get to the New Testament, it looks a different way. And today it looks a third way. And probably every couple of hundred years, it, it looks different. So what's it look like to God, though? That's yeah, the question. Yeah, that's the real question, isn't it? Yeah. Now, very obviously... God has in mind some are single and some are men and wife committed to each other. Right. Um, does the Bible even use the term marriage? I don't know. Well, like, like I'm, as a descriptor. Well, well, they a, do. As a noun. Well, it yeah. does. But like, 
like Where, when talking about Mary and Joseph, that they're to be married. That's true. But yes, but I'm saying yes, like yes. outside of that though, like but like before that, when it's being described like what marriage even is, I don't think the term ever is really kicked around. It's more the idea that it's a man and a woman come to get coming together to become one flesh. Correct. You see that all over. Right, right, right. And so by the time you get to Mary and Joseph, it seems like, okay, now we've got a word for this. Yeah. But earlier in the Bible, you don't I don't think you see it used. You may, and and please let us know if we're wrong, because and, we're just talking off the top of our heads here. And and we're jumping down a rabbit trail. It's not what I really wanted us to be talking about, because it, as as I thought about it, I really did think, you know, I think inside the church we kind of struggle with single adults. We, we, it's not that we struggle with them. It's that I think we don't know what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know that it's, I think a lot of it's inadvertent. Oh, all like, of it, I think is inadvertent. Well, kind of, I mean, okay. As a person who is not married, um, I guess it's, it's different cause I'm getting ready to be married and everybody knows it. And so like, there's this constant question of like, Hey, so the wedding's right around the corner. And it's like, I get why they're bringing that up, right. but. But even to people that, like, aren't getting married anytime soon, it's not uncommon for somebody to look at a single person and be like, hey, you talking to anybody? You got that new person in your life? And so, I mean, there is an element of us, like, pushing culture on them and assuming, like, oh, well, you have to be married because everybody has to be married. And you can never be fulfilled. You can never be happy unless you're married because that's what Disney has told us our whole lives. (laughs) And now it has to be true. Well, and, and not only Disney, but I can remember it Asbury College. Um, uh, Dr. Dennis Kinlaw spoke sermon series. And in that sermon series, he talked about Adam and and Eve and Eve being taken from Adam. And during that, he made the statement, man is incomplete without a woman. And the uh, faculty resident uh, uh, director of our dorm was a single man. And he almost stood up in chapel and took issue with him. But what he did, he didn't do it in chapel. But afterward, every time he would see Dr. Kinlaw walking off in the distance, he would begin to shout all the names of the single people in the Bible. The Apostle Paul. So Kinlaw's (laughs) the one that made that statement? He made that statement, yeah. And he later came back and he said, you know what, I was wrong. Good on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Dr. McKinley, uh, he, he would he would shout across the, the the campus, the Apostle Paul, and he'd go through a litany of names of people who were single, and he would end up with our Lord and Savior. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely great. That is pretty good. Yeah. Um and you know, like you can't really fault people for just kind of naturally go in that direction because at a first glance, like if you're reading Genesis, the commission is be fruitful and multiply. Right. It's not good for the man to be alone. Right. That's what, that's what God says. Right. right? God says and, that. and I think that still stands today. It's not good for a person to be alone. It's not, but the meanings changed. Exactly. I believe. Exactly. I, I, I can't get it. I can't see it any other way because it's laid out so plainly. And I think we just kind of have to jump straight here that 
Paul says himself, it's better not to be married. Yeah. If you can give your life fully to Christ without being married, do it. But Paul's not advocating for loneliness. Paul's advocating that you be part of the family of God, that you have brothers and sisters in Christ, that you are, you are not alone. Figure out what it is that God has called you to. And, and there is a possibility that he may have called you to singleness. Right, right. Um, he actually uses the term celibacy. Right. And I, I think part of that is that Paul's kind of trying to push the idea that with marriage, well, he even goes into this a little bit, that, you know, with marriage, a lot of your life has to be dedicated to that person. Right. If you're not married, you don't have a family that has to come first. You can just kind of lay your whole life on the line for Jesus yeah. and just live for whatever you're being called to at that at that time by Christ, you know? And so I, I get where he's coming from. I also get where that's really hard for people yeah. that um, I, I do believe God calls some people to big families. Yeah. I think I think there's still people that are called to to have big families and make lots of believers and to raise them up right. I think that's still a calling of God, but I think that there's been another calling added to this now where it's that yeah, for some it's to not ever be married. And that's yeah. good and that's fine and it's great and Jesus himself chose it. Yeah. So, yeah. But in the church, it seems like we assume that it's God's will that everybody be married. And so we're always either trying to push single people toward marriage, trying to set them up, fix them up with, with uh, somebody, uh, or we kind of ignore them because we don't know what to do with them. So I, I just, out of curiosity, right before we did this podcast, or right before we, I pressed record, I, out of curiosity, wanted to know what singleness looks like in other cultures. <laughs> And I found this article, and I just kind of wanted to talk through some of the things because it's it's wild, but it's uh, weekly or wacky traditions single people around the world have to endure. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like in Denmark, I'm not even going to try and say that word. Pe uh, pe Pebersvind cinnamon attack um, that on their 25th birthday, if you are single then they will cover you from head to toe in cinnamon. Uh, and, and if you don't learn your lesson, by 30, if you're still single, they'll do it again. But this time it's with pepper instead of cinnamon oh to really encourage you that it's I guess, time. yeah. Like, right. Uh, in South Korea, if you are single on April 14th, how does this go? April 14th, if you hadn't received a present on Valentine's Day, or on, which is February 14th, or White Day on March 14th, on Black Day, April 14th, um, they, they give you Jajan Mian noodles, which are black bean sauce. They give you black noodles to... Uh, Basically, like, hide your tears that you're crying into your bowl of, like, like how dark is that, man? But I'm going here. Oh my There's a whole list. This is not uncommon. There's a Shanghai marriage market. There's, in France, 
you wear a green and yellow hat on St. Catherine's Day to show that you're single. Uh, in Austria, on your 30th birthday, if you have no spouse, they dress you up and take you out and you have to collect money so you can go party that night. And everybody gives you money because they feel bad for you because you're single. Like, Oh, my this goodness. Isn't just incredible. Like, my, I guess my point is, like, this is a worldwide thing. It is ingrained in people that they need to be married. And so what the Bible's saying here is very countercultural to say it's better not to be married. For Paul to make that statement, it's countercultural, not just in today's America, not just in today's world. It across the board, it's countercultural. Wow. Tell you what, right after the break, why don't we come back and let's talk a little bit about what the church does. Uh, to single people today, uh, some of the awkwardness that we might find inside the church. Let's do it. Okay, Randy. So we are back and we're talking about what it looks like to be single in the church today. Um, we just talked about all those crazy traditions from all around the world uh, to to basically just make single people feel bad in a joking way, um, like a mean joking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, how do we how do we fall short in the church? In that same way. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that I find myself doing anytime that I'm I'm preparing a sermon, I kind of just automatically think about what's going on in my life and, and kind of preach to myself and then think, well, now, how can I apply this to other people? But I'm married. Right. And it's a stretch for me. I have to continually remind myself. Not everybody in the church is married. Not everybody who follows Christ follows Christ with a partner. Right. And I guess we have to also consider, and I have never thought of this, but we have to also consider like single, single people can also have kids. Yeah. So there's kind of multiple categories within the single, within the single category. You could be widowed with kids. There is the, yeah, the single uh, could be divorced. It could be single, never married, could be single, uh, widowed, uh, divorced with children, right? Uh, or or widowed with children? Because I'll be honest, that's one I run into a lot. Um, people with kids, their hobby is their kids. Out of necessity, right? I, I I'm over here playing like board games and Call yeah. of Duty. You know what I mean, or whatever. Right. You know what yeah, I mean, yeah, like. Yeah. And so, like, I'm always interested to uh, to to talk with with married people with kids um, or even just married people, like um, maybe less so married people. I honestly think it's harder to talk to people with families and, and like level with them. Cause I don't have one. Right. Then it is like to talk to somebody who's married versus me, who's engaged. Like it's, you know, I, I kind of get some, I, I don't like, we don't live together. We don't, you know what I mean? Like right, right. I haven't, I haven't been down that road, but at the same time, it's like, I'm in a relationship with somebody. I understand like some of the difficulties that come with that or the greatness that comes with that. But um, yeah, so I think kids play into this too a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that we do in the church, I read something a while back. Uh, it, it was, it was really kind of a scathing review of the church. It said most people in the church are trying to bring people into the church so that they become exactly like them. And that's kind of what we're trying to do uh, when we try to hook people up inside the church. Yeah, I mean, 
would we do? <laughs> Here's, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a stupid question. Maybe kind of like cliche, but like if Jesus walked into your church tomorrow, would you start trying to like hook him up with your niece? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, cause I feel like that's like a good chunk of, of conversations. I see maybe, well, really just anybody having with single people. They're always trying to hook them up. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we do that? Yeah. Um, sometimes like, not every church does this. Uh, here in our church, uh, we have a, a thing called Dinners for Eight. Yeah. Where we get eight people together and uh, they just get together for dinner, have a have a nice evening. But we do it for eight. Now we tell them, you know, if there's only seven or there's five, if there's three couples and a single, no mm. problem. But the minute you do that, it's like... You're making the exception. You're you're calling them out. You're implying that it's four couples, right? Right, and, and that if it's not four couples, that's fine. Yeah, but this is dinner for four couples, and right. it's like that probably needs a name change. We've probably screwed up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why why can't it just be like dinner Dinners. groups? Yeah, dinner night. Right. You know, like it, it could be that simple. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 we had a conversation with a friend of ours recently who who called that out and was like, "I don't right. like that." That's right. Yeah. I was like, "That's a perfectly good." And point. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, um, kind of kind of going back to the you know, it's hard to level with people in a different like stage of life than you're in, and um, specifically talking about like marriage slash families, but like a single person with no, well, I mean, a single person in general is going to have a harder time leveling with if you got three other couples and then one single person and they're all talking about their families and, oh, we did this over the weekend. Right. And then that single person's like, yeah, you know, like I stayed home and cleaned the house and had a good weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, that's, that might make them uncomfortable. So we kind of need to be, I guess there's an awareness of this. Yeah, that we certainly to be need to be about. aware of it. Right. And and we need to be careful that we don't just talk about things that people can't relate to. Yeah. It's, it's about being relatable and it's yeah. about taking an interest in the life of somebody that may have a very different day to day life than maybe you or I do too. Right. 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 I do know that we've had people who've come here and they've asked, do you have a singles group? No. Okay. And they move on, look for somebody else. Now, I say that not to say that, hey, we need to run out and get a singles group, but um, expectations, you know. What are we doing to be able to minister to singles as a church? What are we doing as Christians to uh, look around us, find people who may be lonely, they may be hurting, and uh, do something uh, meaningful for them? Right. Right. And I mean, that's also not to say like, cause look, I'll be honest when people just do things for me, like out of, out of almost pity, I'd rather you just <laughs> didn't do anything for yeah. me. So it can't be that either. No, like, no, no. Go form an actual relationship yeah. with some pe single people in your life and stop assuming that they're broken because they're not right. with somebody else. Broken or incomplete. Right. Should we look at that passage that Paul brings up where he talks about that? I think that's a that's a good one. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's going to go ahead and talk. <laughs> well, I think I had it pulled up here, to be honest with you. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 
something like that. Yep. Uh, or is it Second Corinthians? Uh, the reason why single Christians are urged not to form. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, nope, that's not it either. Dang it! I had it right here. Here we go. First um, Corinthians seven seven through eight. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. I like that he kind of lumps that in with with giftings, too, because you just mentioned, um, you know, wanting people to be exactly like us. Yeah. And I don't want to get off the topic here, but I think we kind of like we get weird about people with different giftings than us, too. Yes, we do. And we want them to be just like us. Yeah. And the problem is, like, the reason we have different gifts is because we're wired differently. Yeah. Like, God made us for that gift or those gifts. And God calls us together being different because it's as we share those differences together that we become complete. Right. And so, like, it's kind of like the the ear, you know, can't be a foot and the nose can't be the heart, you know. And so it's like... And some single people are not meant to be married. Exactly. Because, like, a person with the gift of teaching can teach. A person with the gift of evangelism can go out and tell people about the gospel and, like, spark them to belief, right? The evangelist may not be a great teacher. You've talked about this in the past. You said evangelism right. yeah. is not one of your strong points. No, it's but you not. love teaching, right? In a similar way, just as the evangelist can go places and reach people that the teacher can't go and reach those people, a single person can go to people and reach people that a married person probably can't. That's right. And so it's like there's a place for that and there's a need for that. And honestly, It's probably why Jesus was so relatable to so many people because he didn't have anything that came before his mission. Right, right. He was solely focused on what the father had called him to do. Right. Like he laid down everything for that, for that purpose. I mean, you look at the disciples and there's several disciples that are married, like Peter's married, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he really probably put his wife in a really difficult position to go out and follow Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like Paul's probably looking at that and going, yeah, I mean, like that's, that was a hard thing you put her through. And like, it's, it would have been easier had you been single. I wonder. um, So at one point in one of Paul's letters, he says, uh, is Peter the only one of the apostles who's able to take someone with him, his wife with him? And he said, uh, Barnabas and I don't. Now he's implying that he's not married. Barnabas, apparently not married. I wonder how many of Paul's missionary team were actually married. Timothy probably wasn't because he was a young guy. But then you have Luke and Titus. Were they married and left their wives home? Did their wives travel with them and just aren't mentioned? Or kind of what's going on there, I wonder. Hmm. Have you ever heard the argument that Paul was married because he was a Pharisee? Yeah, I have. So why does that argument come around? I think it comes around because people want Paul to be just like us. (laughs) I, I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, I think it was pretty regular that Pharisees would be married. Yeah. 
And so I think that's the argument, but I also don't know that that means that Paul was married. Well, in this passage, Paul says it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. Look, the point is, even if he was married for a even good chunk of his life, he right. was he was a widower. Right. If that was the case, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, or divorced, I guess, but I doubt that, you know. So I, I don't know. That's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know why people get so hung up on stuff like that. When it's just not even in the Bible. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like what right. is in the Bible. Right. Is that it's better to be single like Paul. Right. Now, coming from a guy that's about to be married, <laughs> obviously I did not feel that calling in my life. And <laughs> Paul even goes on to say, look, if you're called to marriage, great. Oh, go yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go be married <laughs> to the best of your ability. Go love your spouse. Go have kids. Love your kids. But like, well, literally, not, he says, if you can't control yourself, then you should go ahead and marry. <laughs> what are you saying about me, Randy? What are you saying? Hey, I'm married 50 years, dude. 50 <laughs> years. <so. laughs> this took a dark turn. It did. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry, I just saw this uh, interesting psalm. Uh, sorry, I just want to read it really quick to myself to make sure it even fits. So if you mm -hmm. want to keep keep talking, that'd be great. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was uh, kind of preparing to go on to the next topic. You're good because it didn't fit. It looked oh, like okay. it started okay. great. It's kind of like one of those like you ever like go to a conference or something and like Jason always talks about they I forget what verse it was, but like the whole conference he went to was centered around some verse and it was like you know like one of those you know the lord is my strength you know something like that yeah. but then you like read the context of the verse and it's like being read by the bad guys kind of thing <laughs> like where you know like, like it's it was not the right move that's exactly what this psalm just was so i'm very sorry about that. but uh yeah so wh where are we um, headed well we mentioned uh single people with children whether that's single mom or a single dad or uh you know they're Cases uh, coming up now where you have uh, single grandparents that are raising children. That's super common, I guess. Yeah. That, it's, like, it's a it's huge number common. of kids yeah. in the U.S. today being raised by their grandparents. Well, it's like double digits. I don't know that yeah. it's specifically grandparents, but it's like somebody that is not their parents. Somebody else in the family. Right. That's, yeah, that's kind of taking care of them. And frequently it's a single person. Really? Yeah. And they're, and they're just stepping up and doing what has to be done. Uh, what's the church's calling in a case like that? I mean, is there, are there things that we can be doing? Should we be doing more? It, you're going to have to be more specific than that. Like what, uh, how do we help? Help do what we help? is what I'm saying? How do we help a, so, my wife and I raised four kids and we barely managed. I can't imagine what how do it would we like help to be single. How do we help single people children. raise kids? Right. Gotcha, gotcha, right, gotcha. Right, right. Um I'll be honest. I think a major problem in the world today, and I've said this before, and I've probably annoyed people with it at this point, like I do with everything. I get on my little kicks. But like I think we've handed so much of what was originally the church's jurisdiction over to the government and over to the world and just like kind of let this secular world do what we have been called to do, which is take care of the widows, take care of the orphans, take care of, like yeah. help people take care of the sick. And, um, 
I think we're just like, oh, we got a government that does that, does that now. We don't need to worry about we that. We don't have to do that. So, yeah, here, let me give you the, you know, the phone number to call this government agency so they can hook you up with some food stamps or something. And it's like, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, the church, it's not necessarily that the church was commanded go out and build hospitals, go out and build schools. But we did. But we did. <laughs> and we did it because we were looking around saying, what do they need? And we saw a need. The church saw a need. And the church said, Jesus would have met that need. Right. Jesus taught. We ought to be teaching. Right. Jesus healed. We ought to be healing. And the church went out and did it. And like you said, uh, the government came in and took those things. And it's like the church just let them take it. And then the church looked around and said, okay, so what are we supposed to be doing? Well, I guess we're supposed to be evangelizing. And that sounds an awful lot about Bible thumping and complaining. We we meet once on Sundays and we talk about Jesus and then we go home. Exactly. And then we meet next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's not what the church is In calling. all fairness, we're totally strawmanning this position because oh, yeah. that's not what happened. Like we i think we as as a, a christian group of people trusted our nation as a godly christian nation for a long time and the longer we've gone on the more apparent it's been that that is not the case right and but now it's too late like right. power's been given over right and we've taken a step back and uh you know and like we said you know the meet once a sunday I, it, it slowly drifted into that yeah. we haven't always been that we've we've become more and more lax over time but now we're at this point where it's like that's kind of where a lot of people are where it's like oh i'm a christian because i was raised a christian and that's good enough and the government will take care of people and uh, i pray so, sort of every once in a while and everything's good i think there's a whole lot of people too that really, really love people and want to help people and are trying. But the problem is as a whole, as Christianity, man, we need something to spark us and like kick our butts into gear so that we like yeah. kind of start. I don't, I don't want to say like take back in like an aggressive, like an aggressive way, but like to like reclaim kind of what we originally set out to do, which is to love people and to, to help them and love them well. Right. Yeah. Um, these days I think we just depend on other people to do that for us. As we're, a whole. we're all too quick to just take whatever help there is out there and say, okay, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Ideal would probably be, Hey, there's help out there. Go ahead and take the help. But what does the church need to do? Because the church does bring extra, uh, facets, to issues like healing. Right. Uh, you know, it's great to have a doctor that knows what he's doing. That's fantastic. Sure. But a lot of times people need help with the spiritual side of things as well. Yeah. How does, how does, how does this affect your emotions? How does this affect your ongoing life? What changes are coming? How can we help you confront those changes? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the issues in people's lives are because they've made some poor choices too. And I'm sure. not saying all, I mean, sure. some things, sometimes bad stuff just happens to people, yeah. but I mean, for most of us, the bad stuff in our lives, a lot of it's there because we let it be there. And so like, yeah, there's a huge spiritual element to that. It's like, you need to be in a right relationship with God and walk 
by his law, by his precepts, by yeah. what Christ has laid out as the, the true way. And, and let's get you into a better way of life. Um, that's not to say that's going to fix everybody's problems, but it's a good start. And yeah. it's probably going to clean up some areas that maybe don't need to be there at all. You know right. what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there there is that spiritual element. You're right. Well, what do we do about that inside the church? What's What would be the best way for us to move forward in this? Um, I think the thing on my heart recently has been we all assume we know our community and we assume our community looks like what our church looks like. Yeah. But how many of us actually like go out and like just meet our community? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lack of that in the church. Um, we're, we're trying to, to, uh, start something called the uncommons, right? We're trying to be a part Mm -hmm, of that. mm -hmm. Um, and it would be a place where the uh, church can meet the community. And it's not a church. It's not a church setting. But it is a faith-centered uh, movement to love your community well. And it would be kind of that that meeting place out in the community. Um, and one of the things I, I had said recently was like, we should just go out and talk to like people at Target or something and just be like, hey, will you just like talk to me for like two minutes and just tell me like, what's one thing this area needs? Yeah. Cause I think that's a quick way to get to the heart of like what people's wants and desires and needs are sure. like, like what does this place need? Like, what does this area need? What, what would help your family? What would help your friends? Um, what would help you? But how individual? often do we ask that question Right. versus how often do we just assume we know the answer to it already? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a big part of it. We assume that people deep down inside, they're really like us. So if we just think hard enough, we'll be able to figure out what the answers are. Hey man, what, that's what, what the questions are. Even. One of the perks of being weird like me is I just assume nobody's anything like <laughs> me and that I'm a crazy person. So I just have to learn what everybody's like, like one person at a time. It's pretty there helpful. Go. There you go. Yeah. You just get really eccentric and you'll be good to go. It's all, <laughs> that's all you need, man. You'll be set. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the the point of this conversation is not that like Randy and I are like, here is the way you need to be as a church. Right. This is just kind of something that's been on our minds. And we're like, this is important and this needs more thought. And we need to do something about this because there are single people that feel excluded from the church. Right. Right. And we How love can them. We include them. How can we make sure that we stop excluding them for one thing? Right. And then how can we find ways to actually include them? Right. So rather than telling you how, this is more like, hey, you should be thinking about this. Be aware of this. <laughs> like, like you and your congregation should should probably sit down and say, what would help our people here at this church? And then more than that, how can we help single people and single families, single mothers, yeah. single fathers in our community? And the best way to do that is by talking to them and yeah. asking them. Yeah. Yeah. And the best place to do that is around food because oh, food just loosens food. you up. I love food. Yeah. Yeah. It's my have favorite. Have somebody over for a meal. Go out with somebody that you might not have gone out with. That's true. Yep. And, uh, and if you're doing what we did and you make something called dinners for eight, change the name immediately. 
<laughs> just just dinner's, have dinner. Dinner's just have for dinner. an undetermined number. <laughs> exactly. That's better. That's better. Or making an odd number so that it's just a- absolutely going to be that way every time. So dinner's for one. No, no. Yeah, that's you can't not. do that. You can't do that. But yeah, I mean, you got anything else, man? Um, you know, there are probably other groups that we do this to. I, I, I was thinking about this young people as well, you know, uh, fresh out of high school going into college. Um, I don't think we do a very good job of understanding them, reaching out to them, including them. That's a whole other episode though. It is. It definitely is. We'll come back. We'll touch on that one. Yeah. Because it's going to be similar, but at the same time, like. It'll probably come down to the same point. Talk to them. don't you hate that? Like yeah. we, we've already determined what, what yeah. we have failed at. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's true though, man. We just, we assume we, we get it. We assume we know. And maybe it, once again, we're coming back to what you said is we just assume everybody thinks like us Yeah, and they don't No, they don't get on Facebook. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody thinks like you, I promise. <laughs> Um, we love you guys. We hope that this just kind of, you know, doesn't answer any questions in your life, but maybe, or maybe it did. And that's great, but I I don't know how, but maybe it did. Um, but more than that, that it kind of just gets you thinking like, huh, maybe this is a thing in the church. Um, we need to love people. Well, that's what Jesus did. That's what he set out to do with his whole life. And that's what we need to do. And so whatever that looks like, we need to be willing to do that. Paul said, I will become all things to all men so that I might save some. What do we need to become to right. to be there for the single people in our churches and in our communities? And uh, how can we be that to 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 be better for their lives and, and to bring them closer to Christ and to love on them well? Uh, if you guys have questions for us, Send those to questions at becomehope.com or salty saints at becomehope.com. Please uh, leave a rating, leave a, a comment on our videos. Those things really help us. Um, I'm, I've been kind of looking more into the how all that works. Um, that that helps the growth of this channel. And if you uh, if you care about this, if you like what we're doing, um, that that's as good as supporting us in any other way. So yeah. please do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, subscribe, share. All that good stuff. Yep. Yes, please. Uh, if you uh, would like, please check out lifeaudio.com. They are our partners, and they got lots of cool podcasts about all, all sorts of biblical areas like Bible reading. And um, they've got some for just for pastors. Been listening to some of those. Those are kind of interesting. Or church congregations. They've got ones on just how to, how to pray and study your Bible. They got something for everybody. So get over there. Check them out. And until next time, stay salty. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.